Hello and welcome to 19 Hits the Dragon, a show about Dungeons and Dragons, tabletop RPGs, and uh, nerd culture in general. I'm Mike Daniel and I'm joined as always by Rob Mackey. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Uh, today we are here to talk about some spells from Dungeons and Dragons, uh, mostly Dungeons and Dragons. We might be referencing a few other things here and there as well. Um, but we're going to take a look at our top 10 spells, our top 10, like, favorite spells. Not necessarily the best, uh, not necessarily the worst, but these are the ones that we like the most here. For sure. Uh, Mike, uh, how'd you go about picking your favorite spells? I am uh, Yeah, so I, I kind of broke things down into essentially two basic categories, one being combat spells and the other being non-combat slash utility spells. Um, so I classified combat spells as um, cast as either an action, a bonus action, or a reaction. Um, it either does damage, um, protects you or your party members, um, or creates an area of effect that can uh, do some damage uh, if entered, uh, so forth as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I did consider some healing spells, um, but none of them kind of made the list as none of them really are better spells per se, in my opinion, uh, than the ones that I have picked here. So, uh, what, what were your criteria there, Rob? So I also split mine between combat spells and non-combat spells, which I, that was actually rather difficult for me because, mm -hmm. you know, since... I uh, I studied philosophy in college, so I don't actually believe in anything, and all categorizations <laughs> are inherently false. So I was like, fair, "Well, fair. what isn't a combat spell when you think about it?" No, like <laughs> I sat there like being like the rave guy meme for a while with that, mm -hmm. um, but eventually mm -hmm. kind of sorted through it and uh, figured it out. I picked my spells basically almost entirely just on how cool I think they were. Um, <laughs> okay. And yeah, also totally with a uh, mind to be contrarian. Um, so I don't have fucking magic missile on my list, for example, because magic missile sucks. I get that, like, <laughs> it's good, but it sucks. Like, blah, boring old magic missile. So there's I, none I of that. I think it does suffer from being a little boring or maybe just overused. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's yeah. not that interesting to me either. Yeah, it's kind of like if you're if you have access to it, you're kind of supposed to have it in a way that just yeah, it bores me. I'm like, mm, uh, mm hmm. I I thought we were connoisseurs it's, here. I thought we were like, <laughs> you know, and it's one of those spells that gets kind of spammy, right? Because it just does damage automatically, so people know that they can rely on it. So it it'll get spammed by wizards uh, quite regularly. Um, and, and other casters that have access to it, but yeah. Yeah, it's true. Although it's kind of, at least in 5th edition, if you ask me, I don't think it's even that good for that anymore. Because, like, in mm -hmm. order to get more darts, you got to upcast it, which... Yeah, yeah. Like, I get it when it was, like, back in the day in 3rd edition and before, where it's just like, well, now I'm 5th level, so now I fire, what, like, 3 of these or however many... That's kind of neat. 
Mm -hmm. then it just sort of happens it makes it like cheaper i guess too but like also a bit more worth using at like higher levels Mm -hmm. and a bit yeah it feels like it justifies its keep a bit more i guess anyway so I don't have magic missile on my list. I wasn't. Gonna, <laughs> I wouldn't have had magic missile on my list anyway. I don't have right. fireball on my list because everybody yeah, knows about fireball. I don't need yep. to give fireball any shine. Its exactly. marketing department isn't paying me to like you know, <laughs> give it the old polish. This isn't any spawn con bullshit. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Gotcha. I'll stop. I'll call. <laughs> I'm calm. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. I, I just wanted to say as well, because I realized that I didn't specify, but basically uh, with all of my limitations for my quotes, combat spells, anything that didn't fall into those categories then becomes non-combat slash utility for me. Um, so that's what the rest of my list consists of. Um, spells that are not specific to those few things that I was looking at for combat specifically. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I was a bit more loosey-goosey with it, I guess. I mm-hmm. didn't like necessarily narrow down what it was, but anything that did healing or damage or some sort of imposed some sort of status effect or not necessarily requires a saving throw because I kept the possibility of like certain like social like spells for lack of a better term as like mm-hmm. non-combat like mm-hmm. a zone of truth, for example. I don't think that's a combat spell. Even oh no, not not really. I mean, it's if you get to the point where you're using zone of truth, you're either trying to end combat or you have already ended combat or never were in combat in the beginning. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I agree completely. For sure. Um. So yeah, also another important factor here is that uh, we are using spells primarily from 5th edition. We'll talk about some other editions and even probably some Pathfinder as well. Um, but mostly looking at the Player's Handbook, uh, Sword Coast Adventures Guide might get brought up, and uh, Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Uh, we won't be looking at spells that are only available in certain campaign settings, like Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount or... Um, the most recent Fro- uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden has some specific spells for that because uh, we don't have access to that. It's not super readily available. Um, also, Tasha's Hideous Laughter, or sorry, uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything um, is not out yet at the time of recording, so we won't be looking at spells in that. We might have to do another episode down the road um, just exploring some of those spells uh, once that book's released. For sure. Although I'm kind of annoyed with the title of it. Because you got Xanathar's Guide to Everything and Tasha's Cauldron to Everything of Everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yep, yep. which one is it, guys? Come on. <laughs> right, like one of these does not contain everything. Yeah. Uh, or neither of them do. I would dare say yes, that necessarily <laughs> neither of them contains everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, get it together. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of what we're uh, looking at here today. And... Um, I think rather than, you know, necessarily listing our top 10 spells in any order of favoritism, which I struggle with anyway, um, we're just going to go kind of by level um, and talk about our favorite spells at each level if there's a level that's been picked. So, all right. uh, Yeah, Rob, you want to kick us off with your favorite cantrip and or zero level spell? My favorite cantrip is Spare the Dying. 
you young whippersnappers out there who like were introduced to this game through fifth edition and you knew nothing before you have no idea how cool spare the dying is because (laughs) you can just stabilize somebody now that Mm -hmm. was not always the case man you had to either do like Man, what was it in Pathfinder? I think it was you had to do like a heal check or something, or there might have been a stabilization cantrip um, in Pathfinder, but I don't believe there was. I think if you wanted to um, stabilize somebody magically, you had to bust out one of your actual heals mm-hmm. or your channel divinity if you had if you had access to that. But uh, yeah, right. I just right. think it just makes things a lot easier for the heal bot in general mm-hmm. and um it kind of prevents player death which i mean it doesn't always suck sometimes it's fun and you're like oh i get to make a new character but character death sucks mm-hmm. and we don't yeah, like for it. sure and it kind of it, it's a i think it's a real game changer in that sense and i like how simple it is and uh, yeah, so that's my favorite cantrip. I kind of wanted to give an honorable mention, if possible, to uh, Firebolt, because Firebolt okay. is pretty ridiculous, mm-hmm. just in general. Super long range, relatively high damage, and most things don't appreciate being set on fire. So yeah, <laughs> hard to argue with that. Yeah, Firebolt is a great cantrip as well. Um, it, it can be tough to sort of pick your favorite uh, of all, and I know um, both of us have a couple of spells from multiple levels on our list, so that'll happen. Um, but my my favorite cantrip, combat-specific cantrip, is going to be Toll the Dead um, for a couple of reasons. Um, one, it is a great um, like range uh, cantrip, you know, you don't have to be in close proximity with someone, and it does uh, a decent amount of damage for a cantrip as well. Um, it first of all, if the target has not been hurt at all, it'll do a D8 of damage, of uh, necrotic damage, which is not something that a lot of creatures will resist. Um, obviously, some undead will, but um, it it'll hurt a lot of people. Um, and then if the target is already damaged in any way, it does a D12 of necrotic damage. Um, and it's kind of the only cantrip that works like that, where it has this sort of conditional uh, buff effect um, to deal extra damage. And then obviously, as you're leveling up, that becomes, you know, 2d8 or 2d12, 3d8, 3d12, 4 and 4. Um, so, yeah, even at uh, higher levels where, you know, a lot of the spells that you're casting at 17th level are doing, you know, considerable damage... Um, and you will often feel let down by your cantrips. Toll the Dead is one that does good damage consistently all the way through. I mean, 4d12 is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, there are plenty of, you know, higher level spells that will actually do less damage than that in a single turn. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's quite the amount for sure. Yes. Um, I, I would also just like to give a, uh, honorable mention to green flame blade which is a cantrip from sword coast adventurer's guide um that does damage to the target and then leaps with fire to the target uh adjacent or to a target adjacent to who you additionally initially hit 
um, which is pretty cool. Again, that's like Acid Splash has something like that as well, but um, it, it is a pretty unique uh, cantrip and does it does fire damage, so that's why it kind of didn't take the spot of Toll the Dead as my number one, um, just because a lot of creatures resist or are just immune to fire damage. But it's still pretty cool, and I like it a lot. For sure. I think in general they did a good job of designing the damage cantrips so that they either do... So that they kind of balance each other out in one, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm, Ray of Frost sure. doesn't do as much damage, but it slows people down. And then Poison Spray does the most damage, of at least of the PHB ones, I guess. Mm -hmm. But um, it has to be used at, used at close range. And then Acid Splash does less damage, but it hits other people. So, yeah. Right. I thought that was neat. Also, yeah. now that I had time to look this up while I was sitting here, and I must apologize for there is absolutely a stabilization cantrip in Pathfinder. It's called okay. Stabilize. Hard ah. to miss. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> a little you bit. That's yeah, okay. You can't remember everything, especially <laughs> when it comes to a game that you last DM'd. Like, like I would drink 40s and like prep my sessions, which... <laughs> 20s were uh, a weird time, man. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, that was off topic. That's <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, yeah, moving on to first level spells. I actually have two first level spells on my list. So if it's all right with you, Rob, I'd like to kind of dive into those. Oh, go nuts, um, Yeah, so first up for me is uh, Chromatic Orb, which is a lot of fun. Um, it is a ranged attack spell and it deals 3d8 damage um the flavor of the damage however is yours to uh decide sort of um so you get to kind of pick between the uh the colors uh and the elements so you can do fire or uh poison or acid or um all the different um elemental types of damage i'm actually pulling this up right now because i realized i uh i was looking at chaos bolt instead of chromatic orb but we'll uh we'll take a look at chromatic orb here oh, uh nice. doing this live y'all for sure um, although while he's doing that i just want to point out that while chromatic orb is not on my list it is kind of one of my finalists um, mm -hmm. because I think it's tremendous. I know I dragged like magic missile through the, um, mud just a bit now, but <laughs> I, I would consider chromatic orb to be the like connoisseur's choice, I guess. Cause again, mm -hmm. it does the nice damage and, um, you can kind of choose what type of damage it does in fifth edition, at least. Yeah. Um, for me, it was like. So I've been playing a lot of old school Baldur's Gate recently, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. second edition based. Um, and in that one, it's a lot of fun because as you level up, similar to Magic Missile, it um, both the damage increases and like what it does increases. And once you get to higher levels, it can like petrify people and stuff, and oh, it's just ridiculous. I wanted to see if it was in. Um, pathfinder at all but i'm looking at the spell list here and it doesn't look like it was in the core book at least maybe gotcha. it made it into later versions 
um or not later versions well there actually there is a second edition now isn't there there is yeah anyway but maybe it was in later materials but it's not in the core book and that kind of disappoints me because i kind of wanted to see what it's like in third edition because alas and alack now yeah i'm gonna see if it's in this uh, second edition php real quick yeah i can also try to find it in the three five books uh while we're talking here but um yeah, so just to clarify, the types of damage that it does in 5th edition, at least, is acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison, or thunder. Um, so you get to choose um, what type of orb it is and make it a spell attack and does 3d8 damage, which is pretty hefty for a first level spell. And obviously that increases if you choose to upcast it. One of my favorite things to do with this spell is as a sorcerer to twin spell it. Um, and hit a couple of people with it at the same time um, and do, you know, 68 on a turn, essentially, um, with a first-level spell, which is pretty sick. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and with the ability to choose what type of damage, if you have creatures that are resistant or immune to different types, you just know, you know, not to use that type, right? So, whereas, like, uh, you know, having a spell, like, even at second level, Scorching Ray, um, you're just kind of stuck with fire damage, whereas this, you're getting consistent damage of any type, and you can bypass certain resistances that um, monsters or creatures will have just by choosing something that they're not resistant to. So having that variety and dealing the damage is pretty sick. So that's why it's one of my top uh, spells. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say second only to my other first level spell, which is Guiding Bolt. Um, One of my favorite (laughs) spells to cast at first level um, does 46 radiant damage, and then it gives uh, the next attack on that creature advantage by sort of highlighting uh, the creature that you hit with it. So not only is it doing solid damage with 46, which is, you know, up to, what, 24 damage uh, with a single hit at first level. Um, same as uh, Chromatic Orb, actually, now that I do the math on that. Anyway, um, but it also offers the ability to kind of buff the next attack on that creature, uh, which any time that you can use a spell to also grant advantage or use any of your abilities, really, to grant advantage on a, a subsequent attack is, is pretty solid. Yeah. For sure. Although, that's a good one. It's always one that, like, as a cleric for life, I feel weird about basically never using. Because it Mm. seems like most people do. (laughs) And I'm kind (laughs) of like, yeah, but I need those slots for bless, guys. Like, (sighs) what am I to do? Anyway, I think I kind of, I don't know what my deal is with it. I'm starting to think about, and it's starting to feel like some sort of weird complex. Like, Mm. I don't know. It's kind of one of those, again, I have a kind of contrarian attitude towards a lot of spells. So, like, (laughs) something like Guiding Bolt that has a lot of, like, is beloved by many even for good reason i'm kind of like yeah fucking cool kids over there (laughs) all the cool kids are using guiding bolt fuck them yeah basically yeah (laughs) i'm smart that's great but yeah guiding bolt is good and you should use it don't be like rob be like mike 
Anyway. Uh, what did you pick for your... Um, okay, so to start spells? off with, I'm. this is the first of my spells that are honorable mentions specifically because I think they were much cooler in previous editions and mm-hmm. fifth edition they're just kind of not as cool for whatever reason um and that yeah okay we'll fix it in post okay starting off with uh color spray color spray uh, okay. is one of historically it's one of the great like first level okay this is the one thing the wizard's going to do and it's going to take out like six people at once and it's mm-hmm. going to be great. Um, in 5th edition, though, it the, its effects only last for a turn. So if you can... Or uh, yeah. a round, I guess. So I guess if the rest of the party can take everybody out in a round, then great. But that seems mm-hmm. pretty unlikely, even though mm-hmm. they'll probably be incapacitated. And um, it's just not quite as much of a, like... Um, what TV tropes would call the disc one nuke, where it just <laughs> takes out swaths of like low level yeah. types. Um, if you want to do that, um, go with sleep, I guess, because mm-hmm. sleep sleep lasts a minute. I'm pretty sure. So yeah. Um, but anyway, um, my first um, first level spell that I want to talk about um, more favorably in fifth edition, and I already gave this away, is bless bless. Mm-hmm rules bless is great bless has been great since always in fifth edition (laughs) i really like what how it works too because at the trade-off of being concentration um based um instead of a flat plus one to everybody everybody gets to add a d4 so they'll get at least an extra one to whatever they're rolling on it Mm -hmm. which i think is just super helpful and is just um super great um for the entire party i think i have a um yeah i think i have a bias towards spells that help everybody out maybe that's my thing with guiding bolt i think because like guiding bolt can only help one other person bless Mm -hmm. can help three people with the first level slot more than that if you use higher level slots and so that's kind of what i'm into in that sense like I like, I like being. I like the helpfulness of it. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Bless is a really great uh, buff spell uh, that gets pretty much the whole party. Or you know, obviously, if you have more than um, three people, you know, it gets most of the party at minimum. So, for sure, and. Um... Also, in first level, what I want to talk about, this is another more um, utility defense spell, and that's shield. Mm -hmm. I think shield is dope in 5th edition. Like, it only lasts um, until the start of your next turn, but you can use it as a reaction, and I think any time that you can, um, you know, basically get out of uh, getting getting damage dealt to you free that's great like i just Mm -hmm. think it's a really cool spell um and i think um yeah despite it may seem kind of limited but i think it's definitely worth having and worth using like yeah 
plus five to AC? Yes. Yes, please. Nothing <laughs> gives you plus five to AC in fifth edition. It doesn't happen. You just don't get that sort of shit anywhere else. Like, and yeah. And then you can't get hit by magic missiles, those pesky little bastards. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just really cool all around, despite its obvious limitations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really great defensive spell uh, for you know people that are like mainstream casters that aren't going to be wearing a lot of armor, like the wizard and the uh, uh, the sorcerer. But it's another really good spell as well if you're playing like an Eldritch uh, Knight. You know, you're wearing full plate and something's going to hit you with like the 18 that it rolled and then bam, put up shield. You have an additional five AC. So your AC is bumped to 23 for a round, which is sick. Um, Like Rob said, there's nothing else that really does that out there in 5th edition. So, yeah. For sure. Very good for Eldritch Knights or fighter mages of any sort. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Eldritch Knight is a scam. Shh. <laughs> They're trying to keep you from multiclassing. <laughs> They're just giving it to like it's yeah, like fair. Make, yeah, it's like making a hmm. I'm I just tried to come up with a. It's like making chocolate chip cookies yourself versus buying them at the store. Like they're ready to go for you at the store, but like if you make them yourself, you can do it for cheaper and they'll probably be better too. But anyway, mm. this is a conversation for a whole another time. But yeah, if you are any sort but, of fighter mage, including an Eldritch Knight, mm-hmm. shield is that much more useful. Absolutely. Exactly. For sure. All right. Um, so that's all I got for a first level. Mike, what you got for second level? So my second level spell, I picked Heat Metal. Uh, which is a lot of fun, and I've had a lot of fun using heat metal, um, particularly on enemies that are, like, wearing armor. Because the thing about heat metal that I really enjoy is that it just does damage. There's no save against the amount of damage that the creature will take with heat metal. Um it just does it automatically. And then the creature makes a save to drop the object that is metal if they can. However, if it is someone wearing, say, a suit of chainmail or any sort of metal armor, uh, and you cast heat metal on that, they would have to basically spend several turns getting out of the heat metal and still just consist er, out of the metal that is heated uh, and just consistently taking damage from that. Um, every time they try and take it off or they spend their turns doing other things um, attacking and so forth and then they're still just taking that damage um, from the heat metal Um, now i will say it does have sort of the drawback of if you're just fighting creatures you know monsters a lot of things don't wear armor and don't carry weapons that can have heat metal cast on them um so it's not universally useful um in the sense that you're not always going to be able to cast it but i just think the um the usefulness of it sort of outweighs that drawback um so when you can use it and you have a target that's like wearing chain mail or plate mail or whatever and you cast it on them and you just know that they're going to be taking damage consistently uh for a couple of rounds uh, or as long as you can keep concentration up um it's super useful yeah for sure heat metal is fucking sweet especially like you said if somebody's wearing metal armor like just yeah they're down for the count 
Yeah. <laughs> I used this as a bard all of the time when we were playing a very city heavy campaign and there were a lot of guards and stuff all wearing armor. It was like, cool, I'm keeping heat metal always. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, for sure. I think a common knock against a lot of spells in D&D is that they're too situational, which mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. you kind of alluded to with heat metal, but man, just when it's the right thing to have, like, just holy shit. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and there there are a lot of creatures that use weapons. You know, they're, you can be fighting giants or, you know, all kinds of stuff out there that's still going to be monstrous or you know non-humanoid and still have some sort of metal equipment or weapon that you can cast it on so yeah for sure i was just or thinking... if the dragon is laying on a pile of gold and you just cast heat metal on some of that like that's gonna burn the shit out of them uh if they're not resistant or immune to fire damage but yeah for sure i was about to say it's like yeah giants that wear armor like fire giants and i was like Ugh. oh wait damn <laughs> damn Still, it's a cool spell. I like it a lot. I um, Last game I was DMing, we had a druid who liked having heat metal ready to go and using it. Mm -hmm. And that's a really, that's a really mm -hmm. fun one, too, I think, for druids. Because um, druids, I think, some of their spells can seem like... It sometimes seems like their whole spell list is like that, where it's a bit like, well, this would be cool if I'm, you know, in whatever specific situation... Like if I'm mm -hmm. outside or if, you know, I just trailed off there. It's okay. <laughs> it's all good. It is all good. Uh, yeah. um, heat metal is cool though. Yeah. What Anything you got for second level? second level, man? No, that's all that I picked for combat. I mean, I know there's some other juicy ones out there, but heat metal is just so sick that other second level spells paled in comparison to me anyway i don't know what you got so yeah i kind of think um i think that um second level's a bit of a i don't want to say wasteland in terms of damagey spells it's just kind of an awkward transitional period between mm -hmm. the like it it's reliable and it's there and it does decent damage of first level versus once you get to third level and it's just now you got your fireballs and your lightning bolts and your other all that other sorts of crazy stuff mm -hmm. like you're still in an awkward like between tiers of spells but space so For sure. heat metal was one that i um was considering putting on my list scorching ray was another one i was considering putting on my list but didn't because mm -hmm. you know it is what it is um but what i do have on my list are a couple other ones that are a bit more indirect first one i want to talk about is hold person ah uh, yeah I, I love me some hold person again a bit, a bit situational because not everything is a humanoid um and that's a bit limiting but and they also do get a save against it still, but if they fail that save, they are toast. <laughs> Par yeah. par paralysis is not to be fucked with ever. <laughs> yeah, especially not in 5th in edition. You get uh, advantage, you auto-crit, right, if you hit? Yeah, you auto-crit. Yeah. It was actually it's worse insane. than Pathfinder, because like, um, you auto-coup de gras. Remember Ooh. coup de gras? I great. do remember two day cross actually. Yeah. So yeah, but even in fifth edition, just yeah, if you um if you have people who are nearby and um 
able to do damage on it before its next turns comes around and it fails the save like mm-hmm. yeah you can take you can take out some pretty powerful stuff pretty easily with that for sure and i just think it's cool you know like it has a sort in terms of like the flavor of it it has that sort of um i guess like sword and sorcery sort of vibe to it Mm-hmm. Where it's just like I I am like I am the like priest with weird and inexplicable powers and I can just paralyze you with a single thought. <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think that's neat. Um also um on my second uh level list, um also repping the cleric spell list is mm-hmm. um spiritual weapon. Yep. Which in fifth edition, I mean, I feel like I almost feel like I can just say spiritual weapon and just hang back and just, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. Spiritual weapon definitely got a runners up for me, uh, on my second level spells. Um, but I figured you would end up talking about it because I, I, we have a good relationship of DM to player with you casting spiritual weapon a lot. So it's true. uh, Yes. (laughs) My use of spiritual weapon is long established. I just, (laughs) indeed, um two things to talk about three things to talk about possibly four but we'll get there Mm, okay first off bonus it's a bonus action which Mm -hmm. it's a bonus action to cast it's a bonus action to use on your next turn what double what it's not concentration (laughs) it just hangs out (laughs) there Everything yep. is concentration in 5th edition. <laughs> Every single damn thing weapon. except Thank the freaking hammer that zips around and bonks people on the head. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, w- using your spell using your spell attack. Like yep. awesome. Freaking sweet. Third thing is upcasting. Yes. I love upcasting me some <laughs> spiritual weapons. I, like, I agree. I, I especially like as a DM, I like to flavor that as you cast it upcast it that it just becomes larger in appearance (laughs) so it's just a huge hammer this is mallet whacking around uh things on the uh on the map yeah yeah it's great yeah and just like and i hit it for 5d8 force damage let (laughs) me just roll those up real quick Yes. All right. And I, and again force damage it's not a commonly resisted type of damage I, i i can't think of anything offhand that just automatically resists or naturally resists force damage so there very yeah. much is not a lot of it um yeah. yeah it's just useful in general i guess anything that has uh i mean barbar raging barbarians i guess resist force damage or- uh only the bear totem only of the bear totem but i mean yeah. i mean if you're if you're a barbarian and you don't take the bear totem at their little you're fucking up, bud. <laughs> you know what? I understand that completely. Um, but there are some other really great barbarian options out there that can be a lot of fun. Uh, I say as having played some of them. So okay, fair. Um, I'm sure. There but are. yeah, bear, bear totem is great. We'll maybe just have to do uh, an episode on barbarians or well, we can maybe just touch on all the subclasses in their various episodes anyway yeah. uh yeah force damage is great and spiritual weapon is awesome um it's a lot of fun as a player and as a dm to have this thing just sort of zipping around 
um, a huge hammer or, you know, whatever. When I played a grave cleric, it was a scythe. Um, Jester, who is a very popular critical role character, has a big lollipop. So it's, you know, the flavor of it can be anything that you want, which is also another uh, great aspect of the spell. So Yeah, flavor, lollipops, get it? Yeah, I knew what yeah. I was doing. All right. <laughs> All right. That's uh, all I got for uh, second level. Uh, what you got for third level? It's a big one. So for third level, I also picked a cleric spell, uh, Spirit Guardians. Um, Spirit Guardians is another one that's just a lot of fun. So basically what it does is it creates this sort of aura um, around you um, full of spirits that kind of have your sort of flavor. They can be, um, angelic or fae, or they can be fiends. When I played a, a grave cleric, it was just a bunch of, uh, spectral grim reapers with scythes that were swirling around me. Um, and basically what happens with spirit guardians is if anything is within this 15 foot aura around you, um, at the start of its turn, it has to make a save, a uh, wisdom saving throw, or take radiant damage uh, if you're you're good, or necrotic damage if you're evil. Um, as a DM, I'm also inclined to let neutral players use this as uh, uh, force damage instead of uh, radiant if they choose to, but that's kind of my thing. Um, uh, but it's it's great because it, it kind of creates this this sort of shield around you where you know things don't creatures don't want want to get close to you. Um, so uh, any melee combatants are either going to avoid you or go into you know do melee with you, knowing that they're going to be taking damage from these things that are just kind of swirling around you. Um, so yeah, it kind of gives you that little bit of a buff, and you can also you know designate that your party members are not getting hurt by these things so you can crowd your friends in close to you and if anyone comes near you or them then they are also getting hit by um these spectral uh beings swirling around you for sure it's very good yeah it's a very good like three-dimensional spell i guess in that sense yeah where yeah it uh <clears throat> yeah it imposes Tactically, it imposes a lot of shit on uh, your enemies, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, has to and yeah, it, it doesn't, like, buff your AC, but it does sort of give you that, that barrier just with it being there, right? So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a good That's one. It's my third it's a level fun one. Yeah. It's one I like Looks... a lot. I didn't really give it too much uh, consideration for my list, but I do enjoy having it and using it. Mm -hmm. Although it's been a for while sure. since I've used it these days. Yeah, it's fine. Someday I'll use it again. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that your clerics tend to be, you know, frontline guys, which is probably why it doesn't see much use from you. Yeah, sort of not. I tend to not. I tend to hang back a bit more just because, mm -hmm. well, I think... Kingrod would try and like you know get up front to get a pro in a proper scrap, and then he would get mm -hmm. his ass kicked, and so <laughs> so I yeah. stopped doing that. Um, mm -hmm. Oh well, it's fine. But yeah, that's fun. So for third level, I um, first off, 
I know I gave Fireball a bunch of bullshit <laughs> again, <laughs> but I did. I did think very long and hard about including Lightning Bolt on this list, which mm, mm-hmm. is the hipster choice. Although, <laughs> thing with Lightning Bolt is it's a bit harder to use. I think. Um, I think it, but I do think it's very useful in more um dungeon crawly type sitting set those setting settings <laughs> settings. Just because, like, if yeah. you have a bit. <clears throat> If you're working in a bit more of a narrow space, I think it can be very useful, um, mm-hmm. which I think is neat. And I like that uh, it shoots lightning. That's what fucking Emperor Palpatine does. That's living the dream right there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, but I only have one third level spell, and that is Counterspell. Hmm. Which is a more, I'm well. more including this as a DM because it's a great way to be like, Heh. yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> it's like I cast, nah, man. No, no you, you don't. don't. No, Yeah, that's don't. interesting that's, uh, that you included that because I dislike it for that exact reason. Um, as a spellcasting uh, player, it's always, it, your, your fun just kind of gets snuffed out when it gets cast on you, so. Sort of. I think... I try not to see it that way, I guess. I think it's mm-hmm. more of a way to be... <sighs> First off, okay, there's a couple things. One, I think, as a, like, play style thing, I think it's more of a kind... I think it's a fun kind of, like, way of, like, throwing the gauntlet, I guess. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like you're a wizard, but yes, I am also a wizard. So, like, <laughs> your yeah. wizard tricks do not work on me. For another thing, um, like, it's a third-level spell or higher. Like, I'm assuming, depending on your level, and probably no matter what, like, whatever you are and whatever you're doing, you're prob- if you're this is if you're a DM. I should specify. You probably don't want to use all of those third level slots on it. There's mm-hmm. probably something else you would rather be doing. So sure. like in terms of like like I don't think there'd be a situ- there are too many situations where I have or would I been like I'm not going to counterspell everything, right? Because eventually mm-hmm. I want to be using these slots to go on the offensive, especially right, when it's right. my turn. So like yeah, it is kind of it is kind of a like dick move, but I think yeah, I think you can like l- I think you can and also should limit your use of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In that sense, just because and it's a fun way to get like as a like as a like combat as like storytelling sort of thing, like mm-hmm. I think it's the right amount of like your players are pissed, but they're the right kind of pissed. I guess, <laughs> right. Where they're just like, you motherfucker, I am going to take you out so fucking hard as soon as I can or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is one that will uh, inspire a lot of anger in the players. So uh, for various reasons. Um, and yeah. uh, I think, you know, one of the things that I, I kind of have a love hate relationship with this sort of situation, but when you're in a situation where there are multiple casters in the party equipped with counterspell um, or potentially multiple enemies. Like if you're like fighting an 
archmage, but he has, you know, three mages alongside him as well, and everybody's got counterspell, it can turn into a fun round of like, oh, well, I counterspell your counterspell, and I counterspell your counterspell. So it's just this like volley of magic cancellation spreading around the uh, the battlefield. So, which can be fun, but can also be frustrating, especially if you're not a spellcaster waiting for your turn to do something. So, yeah, for sure. I think, uh, in general, like 5e, because a lot of the like wizard stuff is concentration, it limits the extent to which you can have crazy wizard fights. But, <laughs> yeah, what the what you are pointing out is a good way, I think, of doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I think counterspell is neat. Um, in conclusion, counterspell is neat. Anyway, (laughs) I also had an honorable mention, which I forgot that I wanted to, um, skate past. That wasn't lightning bolt. This is an honorable mention in the, this spell used to be cool and now it sucks sense. And that Mm. is haste. Haste Uh, was fucking everything. Yeah. um, In prior editions. Yeah. Um, we, we lost edition. a good warrior with haste there for sure. Yeah, and now in fifth edition, it only affects one person at a time, and uh, yeah, it's concentration, which mm-hmm. are two things that it wasn't previously. And yep. I sympathize with why that was done because I can. It is kind. It's a bit like in its old version where it hasted everybody and they were faster mm. and had more attacks and higher AC and all this yep. stuff. It was on the busted side, but... <laughs> For sure. But there were ways around it. There was the slow spell, which could just basically dispel it. Or, like, yep. you know, the monsters could... If they had a wizard there, they could, like, haste themselves, too, you know. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like, yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, kind of busted, but not insurmountably so, I guess. Yeah, haste also gets a a honorable mention from me as well. Um, It's another one that I... I don't know. I can still have fun with it in fifth edition, especially if you're in like a smaller party and you just have like one person who's kind of the frontline fighter or maybe even two. And uh, again, it's another situation where I like playing sorcerers so I can twin spell haste and get it on two people and just sort of stay back and do my own thing from the back. So um, there's still some fun to be had with it, but it did take a big blow uh, in the transition to fifth edition. That is upsetting <laughs> to say yeah. the least so well, that's fair i kind of hadn't considered that like, like with the smaller party thing because mm-hmm. yeah if you have your one tank or your one like barbarian or whatever that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense yeah yeah just so let them go yeah nuts. I, I still get a lot of use out of it as a player but it did uh it, it lost a lot of its power coming to fifth edition which is unfortunate yeah um Oh, I, uh, uh, alas and yeah. back. Anyway, that's all I got for third level. Do you have any fourth levels, Mike? Um, so no, I don't have any fourth edition spells on my t- or for fourth level spells. Definitely don't have any fourth edition spells. Um, fourth level spells on my top ten list. But I did want to give a couple honorable mentions because there are some solid fourth level spells. Uh, just when it comes to 
combat, they didn't stand out over the other ones that I have on my list um, here, because uh, I had to make room for a couple of spells uh, at uh, single levels. Um, anyway, I just want to give a quick shout out to one greater invisibility. Um, that's a fantastic spell. Not only a combat yes. spell, um, but it can be used outside of combat as well, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, it's an invisibility spell that doesn't drop when you attack or um, do other things with it. So you can go invisible and cast spells, or you can cast in greater invisibility on your rogue, and he's just, or they are just hidden uh, forever um, until you drop the spell. So. For sure. Yeah, it's a solid spell. Didn't make my top 10 list, but definitely deserves a shout, shout out. Um, e equally true is uh, Polymorph. Polymorph is a great uh. spell. Uh, it has a lot of utilities outside of combat, which is why it didn't make my top 10 combat list spells. Um, but I have ended several combats with, oh, we're fighting one big powerful dude, and I turn that person or that uh, thing into like a slug, and then we just walk past it. Um, yep. so yeah, polymorph is great. Uh, and yeah, it, it has a lot of versatility to it. Obviously you are turning, you know, a creature into any beast, um, of a challenge rating or level or a challenge rating equal to its CR or its level if you're casting it on a player. So gives you a lot of options. And by the time you get polymorph at fourth level, you can cast. You can turn yourself into, or turn another creature into, almost all of the beasts that are in the monsters manual, uh, with the exception of like, I think a Tyrannosaurus Rex, which is a CR nine, if I'm remembering. Uh, so then you just get that ability at next level. So, yeah, there's a lot of really great versatility to it, um, and because it's more versatile than just combat specific, that's why it didn't make my list, but deserves a shout out for sure. Yeah, for sure. Polymorph is a fun one. Um, uh, yeah, so no four, fourth level spells on my top ten list, but a couple that are worthy of shout outs there. Um, we sure. can move on to fifth level, uh, oh. and which I will include one of my favorite spells of all time. Hang on. But I, still, was... I had a couple of fourth levels I wanted oh, to Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to no, jump no, no, the gun there. Um, yeah, you're it. fine. I kind of was like, I'm going to say some smart and insightful things about Polymorph, and then my brain like did the thing where all my thoughts crowded into the front of my brain at the same time, <laughs> and then just yeah. kind of squeezed each other into the doorframe, but none of them could like punch through, right? But yeah, <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's a fun one, for sure. I um also had Greater Invisibility as kind of an honorable mention. Um, it's one that I've always found fun. I did ding it again for being Concentration, which is maybe a bit silly, but I still did it because mm -hmm. I wanted to. Anyway, um, <laughs> I also wanted to um, highlight Stone Skin, which ah, yes. sucks in 5th edition. Mm -hmm. couple reasons um one it, there's the concentration thing but more importantly um it only um reduces damage from non-magical physical attacks which makes it much 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 less useful than it used to be just mm -hmm. way i kind of don't I will probably talk about this at greater length at some point but i sort of don't understand um 
why 5th edition places such a premium on resisting non-magical damage. Mm-hmm. Because after a certain point, like, that doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Like, you're going to be facing magical damage. So, great. Cool. But yep. back in the day in... um. Third edition, it granted you damage reduction, and um, which was cool. Although damage reduction in third edition is this whole thing, and it was kind of a pain in the ass. And in a lot of ways, I'm glad that's gone as a mechanic because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it made things more complicated for resistance everybody. is just so much cleaner. So yeah, yeah, and like exactly, and there was just damage reduction. There were all sorts of like little tiny things that could maybe re- resist it, like adamantine mm-hmm. weapons or cold iron weapons or whatever and it's just like ugh more granular bullshit to keep track of hooray that's what this game needed <laughs> I mean that's 3.5 in a nutshell right? it, so. it really is it really is and uh yeah I'm glad they cleaned all of that up but yeah for sure yeesh. And then, but um, there are some it, spells like haste and stone skin that took a big hit from it unfortunately yeah. so and then in second edition, um, you rolled a D4, and you just straight up took no damage from those attacks. Oh. For however nice. many attacks, um, basically. So, oh, that's that was fun. Yeah, so used to be way cool, now kind of sucks. But that's yeah. all I got for fourth level. Okay. Um, but yeah, then, then we can move on to fifth level. Uh, and as I was starting to say, I would like to talk about my one of my favorite spells of all time. Um, it was introduced in Xanathar's Guide to Everything, and that is Steel Wind Strike. Uh, for Steel Wind Strike, you essentially turn yourself into an anime character for a little bit there. Um, it happens immediately, and you just flash around the battlefield... Um, you pick five creatures that you can see within 30 feet of you and you make a melee spell attack against each creature. Um, each hit does six D 10 force damage. So you are just flying around smashing into these people. Like I said, you kind of become that anime character of, you know, they disappear and do all of these crazy attacks and then they end up, you know, right next to the last target that they hit essentially uh and they're just standing there so it's super dope that's fucking sick oh my god (laughs) oh my god i like (laughs) those of you who have like listened to some of our earlier episodes first off thank you second off you may know that like while i'm have xanathar's guide my familiarity with all of it is not always the greatest i haven't actually read it cover to cover so while mike was talking about it i was looking it up in my book and my jaw actually dropped Holy <laughs> balls! yeah uh yeah it's super great yeah like that's so much damage that's yep. so much oh and my that's- god yeah, uh, and it's a melee spell attack, and it's a, a wizard spell as well as a ranger spell. So the ranger has some cool spells like that, but it's very um, unique for a wizard spell, I think, to you know have the wizard just sort of fly around and smack everybody with their melee spell attacks and deal a ton of damage. Um, it's not something that you get to do a lot as a wizard. So it's, it's true. super great. Yeah. Normally wizards just hang back and just, you know, pew pew away, but 
Now with this. It's very neat. All right. I, um, again, don't have any fifth edition. Uh, fifth edition, Jesus. <laughs> fifth, fifth level spells um, that I wanted to highlight. But once again, I do have a um, fifth level spell that I think used to be cool and I want to talk about. And that is Cloud Kill. Ah, uh, yes. Cloud Kill. Um, used to, you used to just drop it on wherever and anything of five HD or less, um, was dead. That was mm-hmm. it. They're dead. They don't get a save. They're just dead. So they just in, ter- yep. in terms of a mook destroyer, it just could not be beat. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fifth edition, not only is the damage disappointing, um, it doesn't do anything like that. Um, and, uh. I kind of like like I look at Cloud Kill in fifth edition and it's like, man, why is this a fifth? This is only a fifth level spell because it's Cloud Kill and Cloud Kill is a fifth level spell. Yeah, well, for sure. Like it does lame damage and yeah, it sticks around for a while, but it also moves, which honestly, that actually maybe helps it cause a bit, but you can't control which way it moves. So yeah, it just kind of blows it, with the wind. Yeah, yeah it kind of goes the way it's going to go, which mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess, does it lightly obscure or does it heavily obscure? It doesn't matter. Like that's not that's not enough aggregate like utility there for me. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, whatever. I think kind of yeah. But it's fine. It's fine. I'm over it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's all I got for fifth level. Cool. Well, do you want to talk about uh, sixth level spells then? What, I do want to talk about that? sixth levels because uh, I haven't had a spell on my actual list since third level. And now for sixth level, I have two. Uh, the nice. first is Disintegrate, which I feel mm-hmm. like, again, as with spiritual weapon, I feel like I can just say disintegrate and then just, you know, dust my hands off and sit back, back yep. and just be like, <laughs> yeah, you know what's up. But yeah, disintegrate is great. Um, Yeah, it's always been great. It's always been awesome. It's one of the few wizard spells, I think, in 5th edition that kind of lives up to its billing of like... um. Mm-hmm. This is still like, it's one of those things where you get it and you all of a sudden feel it's like, oh my God, I am awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it just does a mountain of damage, right? Like it's, uh, what's the, the initial damage and then it's like plus 30 on that. So. Yeah. I have to look it up. Give me a sec. Yeah, it does a mountain of damage, and then if it reduces a creature to zero, they just turn to dust. <laughs> and the only way they can be brought back is essentially like a wish spell or true resurrection, maybe, I guess, if you have their dust remains. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, 10d6 plus 40 for damage. Wow. Yep. Wow. If the damage reduces the target to zero hit points, it is disintegrated. A disintegrated creature and everything it is wearing and carrying except magic items are reduced to a pile of fine gray dust. The creature can be restored to life only by means of a true resurrection or a wish spell. So yeah, ridiculous. I like, I made it a point. Like I said, I'm a spell contrarian. So I made it Mm -hmm. a point to like find cool and neat spells that I think don't get quite as much like play, but disintegrate is not that but holy mm-hmm. balls 
Like <laughs> for sure. What what more do you need to say? Like it also um also in uh earlier editions it destroys walls of force, which uh, yeah. is sometimes very useful. Just from a like yeah, sometimes that wall of force needs to go. In fifth edition, wall of force lasts ten minutes and is concentration. So there you mm. go. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Just fucking sick. And then I also have Eye Bite as a sixth level spell. That's so cool. I'm not as familiar with Eye Bite. Can you you explain Uh, what it does exactly? Can I explain Eye Bite? So it does a in uh, uh, hang on one sec. I'm going to flip to it because it is not that far away from disintegration. One moment. So yeah, I bite in fifth edition. Um, they get a wisdom save, one creature within sixty feet, and they either fall asleep, um, become frightened of you, and must move away from you. In addition, or mm. become sickened. Mm. So yeah, that's pretty sweet. But like, this is one that is more just like I I just love the flavor of it. For the spell's mm-hmm. duration, concentration up to a minute, your eyes become an inky void imbued with dread power. And I'm just like, I'm just like envisioning like, have you ever seen like photoshops of like people where their eyes are replaced by their mouth? Oh, yes. Like, it's They're fucking horrifying. Fre- yeah. <laughs> it's fucking freaky and gross. And <laughs> yes. And should never <laughs> happen. Nobody should ever do that. Like... <laughs> It's so gross and so disgusting. So I think applied to this context, though, that makes it awesome. Mm-hmm. Like it's again yeah. one of those very like in a sort of like sword and sorcery way where it's just mm-hmm. like this is weird and scary and should not be, but it is. And oh my god, now what? <laughs> yeah. So absolutely, kind of turns you into uh, your own eldritch horror, which is always great. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. It's perfect. Yeah. So yeah, but that's all I got for six level. Cool. Yeah, I'll talk about my six level spell then, which is Blade Barrier. Um, one of my favorite spells that I really haven't gotten the chance to use much as a cleric, just because I rarely have played clerics where I have six level spells. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, basically, you create a wall or a circle of swords that are just spinning around you or i guess like any type of weapon really that has a blade it can be you know axes and pole arms it can be whatever flavor you want um but these weapons are just sort of swirling around you um it grants anything behind that or inside of the circle uh three quarters cover um it makes the space that it occupies a difficult terrain and anything that tries to pass through it has to make a deck save or they take 6d10 slashing damage. Um, so, yeah, it's super useful. It can it creates a barrier, grants you and anyone behind it cover, uh, slows creatures down as they're coming through it, and does damage to them. So all of those three things all at once. Um, and it 
is a for me a combat spell but the duration is 10 minutes so it can even be something that you set up like prior to combat if you know that creatures are like charging into the area that you're in or you know if you're trying to protect somebody or something like that so it has some uses outside of combat as well um, because it can last for 10 minutes which is a long time to happen in game it's like 60 wait no six rounds of combat right uh 10 minutes 10 10 minutes yeah each round of combat is six seconds yeah so it's 100 so rounds it's 100 rounds right yeah so yeah. six ten, 10 rounds is uh a minute a uh, one minute yeah yeah right math so yeah math <laughs> son of a bitch um but yeah blade barrier is sick it, it it has a lot of uses and it does some hefty damage and lasts forever in yeah. combat terms so yeah. yeah that's a nice one it is one that i kind of sleep on um even as another mm-hmm. cleric mm-hmm. Sp- another sick cleric spell that i sleep on why do i do this anyway <laughs> well it's because it's six level man and six yeah. level it's just like heal is six level and you, you got to be very precious with your six through ninth level slots so. you got to be very precious with your six through ninth level slots and six level is heal and for me most of the time it's just like well that's that i really yep. don't i really can't look past that mm-hmm. <sighs> someday maybe someday someday i'll be a war cleric someday instead of being a dwarf morden cleric i'm going to be a war cleric of some kind and on that day i will take played barrier maybe not because i'll <laughs> probably be starting at first level mm. it's you don't get you don't play in many games where you start at 11th level when you do they, <laughs> when you do they tend they tend more towards the one shot but yep 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 yeah oh alas and the lack yeah but yeah that is very um, nice i do like Blade yep. Barrier. It's it's a fun spell. Um, yeah. For a seventh level, I think it's hilarious that we both picked the same seventh level spell. I think uh, it makes which, total sense because it rules. absolutely yeah, and that is of course prismatic spray. It is the best seventh level spell, and I will fight anyone who says otherwise. <laughs> um, it's incredible. It it uh, for those of you who don't know what pris- prismatic spray does. Um, it sends rays of light flashing from your hand in a 60-foot cone. Um, any creature in that cone has to make a dexterity saving throw first, um, and then you roll a d8 for each target that is affected. Um, and the number that you roll on that d8 determines what color of beam of light hits them. Uh, so there is, you know, going 1 to 8, it is red, orange, yellow green blue indigo and violet so it does all the colors of the rainbow uh and then eight is uh that creature is hit by two rays at once um and for most of the colors one through five it does a type of damage does 10 d6 damage which is a hefty amount it's either fire acid lightning poison or cold damage but oh, rolling a six or a seven, <laughs> ah, so great. So on a six, ah, yes, indeed, so <laughs> yeah. great. Yes. Uh, so for a six, you get indigo. Uh, on a fail save, failed save, the creature is restrained and then has to make a Constitution saving throw at the end of each of its turns. Uh, if it fails three times, then that creature is turned to stone permanently and petrified. Um, bad news bears 
Yeah. You don't want to be restrained in the first fucking place. No, restrained is is a tough condition. And then Mm -hmm. having the chance to, after three rounds, just go away. You just turn into a statue. Um, That's terrifying. Yep. Um, And then uh, seven, Violet. Uh, If the creature fails the save, they are blinded uh, and must make a wisdom saving throw at the start of its next turn. Um, on a failed save, that creature is transported to a random plane of existence, or the G- the DM or GM's choice of where they get sent. Uh, so they just get blinked out of existence and hurled into um, some random plane. Uh, now there there is a, a little bit of a caveat in the spell. It says you know typically the creature is uh, you know sent to its home plane or banished to the astral or ethereal planes, but uh, that doesn't have to be the case. If you're the GM and you want to send someone hurtling through Tartarus, you can do that. <laughs> um, you send them anywhere that you want. Yep, for sure. Ah, uh, Tartarus. Wait, that's... N- ah. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We've both been playing Hades lately. It's we have been. We yeah, have. it's a good one. It's great. It's a good time. But yeah. Um, that is an excellent excellent summation of everything that is awesome about prismatic spray I just want to highlight page what is that 268 in the player's handbook which is a very Mm. cool picture of prismatic spray in action Um, I also um, since Mike did such a good job of summing what it is in 5th edition I kind of want to talk about the Pathfinder version a bit yeah, for sure. I'm actually pulling up the 3.5 version as well because they are similar, but yep. different. I'm so, sure. yeah, they are similar. However, um, in Pathfinder, they're a bit less damagey and more of the crazy stuff instead of five Mm -hmm. damage options and a couple of other things this um pathfinder has three straight damage options and Mm. and a bunch of other stuff so one is red that's 20 points of fire damage save for half two is 40 points of acid is orange that's 40 points of acid damage which is save for half all mm-hmm. three of these are all three of these first three are reflex saves, by the way, for those of you third edition heads out there. Um, third is uh, yellow. That's eighty points of electricity damage. So we see this scaling up already like crazy, mm-hmm. save for half. Yep. But that's the end of the straight damage. After that, you get to green, which is poison. Um, uh, once around for six rounds. Um. It says initial effect death. So (laughs) (laughs) secondary effect one con damage per round and requires two consecutive short saves to cure. So sorry, this is getting a little into the weeds and shit I don't remember. So I'm guessing that you either say if you don't save, you fucking die. Mm -hmm. And if you do save, you are become very, very badly poisoned. Yes. Like, very badly. You have, however, what, what's your con score? You have that many rounds to live. Mm-hmm. 
Have fun. Yeah, interestingly, uh, the fortitude save, uh, successful fortitude save in 3.5, you instead just take 1d6 points of con damage. Um, So it's just an immediate, like, chunk out of your constitution score, uh, which is still pretty rough. I mean, it's not going to kill you, you know, in in as many uh, rounds or kill you outright if you save um, still, but uh, still a pretty hefty... Uh, hefty bit there. Yeah, sorry. I'm just I'm I'm trying to look up these poison rules in Pathfinder again because mm. they seem a bit dicey. And actually, there's four pages of them, and this text is small. Yep. So give me just a moment because I'm <laughs> no, trying to confirm that that's what actually happens. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll continue on talking about the 3.5 version then because it is likewise sick, uh, and everything up to this point has been the same except for green. Um, so blue in 3.5, you just immediately turn to stone. Uh, six is indigo. And in 3.5, you go insane. Um, you just have the insanity spell cast on you, which uh, I'll have to look up here in just a second as well. Um, and I'm assuming it's something similar for Pathfinder as the two games are very similar. Um, and then uh, for Violet, instead of, you know, going blind and then potentially getting sent to another plane, you are just immediately sent to another plane of existence. Um, which actually, while you're looking stuff up, I just want to have a fun story time. Uh, back when we were playing 3.5 and um, Brian, I can't remember, I think he was a ranger, had the Scimitar of Colors, which could cast prismatic spray which is an insane magic weapon um yeah. but he was being grappled <laughs> by uh Marilith, had her tail half like bottom half around him um and he used the prismatic spray and hit them with a, a violet beam uh so it teleported the Marilith to another plane uh and i, I ruled that because he was being grappled by this Marilith that he went with her. I remember this. <laughs> um, this yeah. That was fun. That was a good night. Yep. <laughs> uh, that was a fun time. I honestly, I don't even remember how he ended up getting back to you guys. I think somebody cast like gate or something and brought him back because y'all were pretty high level by then. So. Yeah. And we had to fight those Marilists again at some point. And, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Some stuff happened. Anyway, I tried Indeed. to like briefly skim the poison rules and towards the back of the core book. And then I was like, ah, there's a lot. This would have been something that I maybe should have looked up beforehand. Because uh, there's kind of a lot. And there's <laughs> uh, tiny it's... text and there wasn't as nice, nice bold stuff as I thought there would be. But I think that sounds right. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I lost the page. Okay, I still have it. I still have it. Great. Okay. Okay, good. good. I'm looking up insanity, so. Yep. So, five is blue. That is a flesh to stone. So, just, and you get a fort save against it. So, you know, otherwise Mm -hmm. you're petrified. Just You just are petrified. Um, Six is indigo, and that's insane as the insanity spell, which is not something Mm -hmm. you want, and you get to save. And then seven is sends you to another plane, but you do get a save. And then eight is struck twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that uh, is pretty nuts. 
Um, I think, um, what am I trying to say? I don't miss save or die. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't miss it, but sometimes I kind of miss it. You know, <laughs> it made things, it, it made things interesting. For sure. Uh, it made things uh, yeah. interesting and scarier. Uh, yeah. Things that kill you outright. I don't know. I, I have kind of that love hate relationship with them as well, where it's like, yeah, things are scarier, but things are also scarier. And as a DM, I kind of feel cheap using them, which is why when we get to our ninth level spells, I didn't include power word kill. So yeah, me neither, man. Yeah. Cause somebody on, somebody on Reddit somewhere was saying, it's like, Hey, did I already talk about this on this show? I might have already talked about this on this show, but somebody was like, Oh, I was going to use power word kill, but I'm worried it's cheap. What should I do? And I'm like, don't use it. It's cheap. Right. <laughs> if you're worried yep. about being cheap, don't use power word kill. It's very cheap. Yep, for sure. Uh, so let's talk about some spells that we did use. Do you have any 8th level spells on your list? Of your top 10? I don't, but I d what I did do is just uh, is find the 2nd um, edition Prismatic Spray. And oh, okay. it is very, 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 very similar to um, the Pathfinder one. Enough so that I feel compelled to not go into it except to specify with the poison one. It's save versus poison or die, which uh, first and second edition uh, saving throws are special, and we will talk about them in another episode because it's a whole thing. Um, but it's save or die, and if you save, you take damage. On that, it's very similar. Hmm. Anyway, no, I don't have any 8th level spells, nor do I have 8th okay. level honorable mentions. I kind of feel that sometimes I forget 8th level spells exist. I do mm -hmm. I do like Earthquake for Clerics, but I haven't used it yet because mm -hmm. it causes an actual fucking earthquake. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's a lot of like uh, minute details of Earthquake that I particularly don't enjoy. Um, so that's why it was not included for me. Um, yeah. I would, however, like to talk about one particular spell from, again, Xanathar's Guide to Everything, uh, and that is Illusory Dragon. Um, you basically make a dragon out of shadow material from the Shadowfell, uh, and it flies around and breathes a fire or a breath weapon on the battlefield um it doesn't have to recharge this breath weapon it just does it every single turn um now mind you it's only 76 damage uh which as far as breath weapons are concerned only is 76 damage right well i mean just yeah. compared to like a, a dragon that you would be fighting at a level where you can cast seventh level spells the breath weapon is going to be a lot heftier but that's because it has the drawback of the recharge, right? So they get one of those, and you're not sure if they're going to get the uh, the recharge on their turns. Um, Fair. But this is just consistent. It's just flying around and just doing 76 damage every round for a minute. Uh, and you, uh, same with Chromatic Orb, uh, you get to kind of choose the flavor of the damage there. If it's you know acid, cold, fire, lightning, or necrotic or poison damage. Um which yeah, I forget. I forgot that it does necrotic damage as well. Which no dragons actually have a breath weapon like that. Um, 
Yeah. I think but, Shadow yeah. Dragons do necrotic damage. Uh, they might, actually. I would or have to they... look them back up. I know it affects the breath weapon. I can't remember if it turns it into necrotic damage or not. Because I think... So. Yeah. Um, It might be... Because Shadow Dragon's kind of a template. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which, 5th edition, not enough templates. I'll just say that. Oh, absolutely not. I will just say that right there and leave everyone else to interpret it (laughs) cryptically as they want. I'll talk about it some other time, but, you know. Anyway. Um, Oh, but it also, so Illusory Dragon also has the sort of uh, frightening presence that dragons have. So it automatically, uh, you know, when it appears creatures that can see it have to take a make a wisdom saving throw or become frightened um which is pretty good i mean they can't get closer to it all of their attacks are at disadvantage if they are frightened um and even if they are not frightened then you still have this dragon that you can control as a bonus action on your turn so you cast the spell then there's a dragon on the battlefield that you're controlling uh for your turn uh, it, it doesn't take any damage so if things think it's real they'll attack it uh, but n- nothing affects it at all so it can't be like uh, destroyed as many other things that get summoned onto the battlefield are um, it's just there until you lose concentration on it damn uh, what what messes me up here about this is that even if you can see that it's an illusion you still take damage from the breath weapon yeah absolutely you, you just get advantage. advantage on the save which... yeah but it, you're still saving against it and you're still taking half damage on a success so yeah man that's messed up yeah. usually <laughs> usually once you can tell it's an illusion that's it like yeah yeah oh, man. the illusory dragon yep yeah for sure also, illusion wizards really don't get enough cool illusion spells. Uh, like, there's some cool stuff that you can do to, like, create illusions and, you know, hallucinatory terrain and mirage arcane type effects. But uh, illusory uh, illusion mages often are lacking when it comes to combat. So having something this juicy at 8th level, it's that's great. Word. Yeah, it's a good one. Do you? What do you got for ninth level, bud? So for ninth level, I again took a Xanathar's Guide uh, spell, and that is Psychic Scream. Um, and here's why I picked Psychic Scream over all of the other really great ninth level combat spells. Um, and that is because one, it's an intelligence saving throw, which unless you're fighting other mages, um, you know it's pretty fair to say not many creatures are going to be having that uh having like proficiency or have a good um intelligence saving throw bonus so it's going to be tough for them to make that saving throw for the most part um and then uh if they fail the saving throw they take 14 d6 psychic damage which is a lot of damage and it's psychic which again is not often resisted not uh, uh, less so than force damage um and then the creature is also stunned, uh, which again, stunned is a hefty uh, condition to put on people. They're essentially paralyzed. Um, yeah, they are with screwed. like minus a couple of things, uh, paralyzation. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's tough. 
and you you get to make you know saving throws at the end of your uh, turns. Wait, uh, do do Yeah, stun target can make an intelligent saving throw at the end of each of its turns. On a successful save, the stunning effect ends. But again, it's an intelligent save, so it's an intelligent unless, save. Yeah, yeah, unless it's a really smart creature or you know thing that you're up against, it's probably not going to be able to make that, especially if you're casting ninth level spells and your DC isn't like already maxed out, um, then you've made some mistakes as far as giving yourself uh, ability score increases um, or some choices, we'll say. Uh, maybe not mistakes, but um, yeah, yeah, it, at, at, at like 17th level, your DC should be, you know, 18, 19, 20 perhaps. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it's really tough yeah. to make at that level. That's outrageous. Yeah, stunned. Oof, oof. Yeah, fourteen d six and stunned. Yeesh. And then it's an int save. My God. Yeah, that's nasty. That's that's <laughs> yep. just nasty. Like, yeah. Um, I, I also I forgot to uh, mention my favorite bit about this, but if the target. Uh, is reduced reduced to zero or killed by this damage its head explodes the which is just scammers. a great bit of flavor yeah uh yeah. yes for sure that is good flavor i'm surprised that they uh included that in the spell text um yeah but all right i mean i get it i just kind of don't expect um i don't expect official like uh materials to be that like openly gory basically yeah so yeah cool what about you though rob what you got for ninth level for ninth level i have time stop ah yes excellent choice time stop is great i'm glad it's back after a bit of an absence um because again if they're one of just to bring this through line back i do have a bias towards some spells that just really just seem to like break physics or just Mm -hmm. break the like that are just like so powerful that they just um they just they just mess everything up i guess if for lack of a better term where it's just like just that that a creature is potentially powerful enough to do something like that is inherently like scary and freaky and like awe-inspiring absolutely and yeah you can do some pretty ridiculous stuff with time stop I do want to um, briefly mention uh, Time Stop in um, 5th edition versus um, 2nd edition. Um, In an interesting twist, um, um, 2nd edition, it's, if anything, kind of less powerful. Because um, it only lasts for 1d3 rounds, if I'm reading this correctly. Okay. Yes, 1d3 rounds, and the wizard can kind of do basically anything, although um, this being second edition, it uses many words as possible to explain <laughs> the various exceptions to it. <laughs> right. We'll, we'll talk about this someday. I just, oh, God, nobody at, if TSR, like, hired an editor, maybe they'd be their own company today. Maybe not, but Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, yeah. all other creatures except for those of demigod and greater status or unique creatures, which, mm-hmm. what does that, huh? You, you, you gloss over that and you're like, wait, 
we're all unique creatures. I thought we were all unique. Like, what does that mean? There's all sorts of shit like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. in fifth mm-hmm. edition, it's one d four plus one. So while it's not necessarily, while it's not necessarily more, it's usually going to be more. And then you can, yeah, you can do whatever the heck you want. You get that many turns to yourself, mm-hmm. which yeah, super cool, super fun. I always hate um for those of you out there who have played Baldur's Gate two. You have been time-stopped before. It's no fun. <laughs> because you fight like 20 liches in that game. It's yikes. Mm, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and they all have time-stop. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, time-stop is great. I love it. And I kind of wasn't aware of it until the community episode where Pierce uses it. Uh, yes. I was like, that's a spell? That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it totally is. It's one of, the- I think it's one of the great like legacy spells of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my, my only issue with it and the reason that it didn't make my uh, list here as a ninth level spell is that when you do things that affect other creatures, time resumes normally um, as rules as written. So like for me though, as a DM, I will let players and I do this for creatures as well to like cast a spell that will harm another creature. But flavor wise, as soon as like the spell leaves their hands, it just sort of freezes in place until time continues. So I'm, I'm very generous, but the spell as written um, has that little bit of a caveat that kind of frustrates me. Cause I feel like you should be able to do things that will um, affect yeah, uh, the non-stopped t- um, caster, but uh, take effect after time resumes. Um, but yeah, that's just my opinion, I guess. So. Yeah, that's fair. It's another one of those things where it's like, yeah, it would be cool if that wasn't there, I guess. But also, I get why that's not how it yeah. is anymore. Because yeah. like, really, you think about like, yeah, you could... Oh, no matter who you are, that's your ninth level spell, so you're blowing it. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to like power word kill anybody or anything ridiculous right, like that. Right. Um, but yeah, still though, it's kind of neat. Um, yeah, I think it's good. All right. Any 10th cool. level spells? <laughs> uh, no, not for me. I, I don't know 10th level spells from like first edition stuff. So I don't think there are any i don't think i know the potential was there that's kind of the the lore uh is there for creating a 10th level spell but i don't know that rules as written um yeah so good luck figuring out the rules as written in first edition man like Mm -hmm. it gives me the gives me the creeps but i'm sure there it's like oh you could research a 10th level spell which is very like i know we've talked about how like there was a sort of like tyrannical like aspect to earlier editions of D, but there's also mm-hmm. an extremely made up aspect to earlier editions of D, <laughs> like extremely Absolutely. made up Absolutely. it's weird it's a weird one. Ah, oh, man yeah, I do occasionally like to um, just in my campaigns like have a lore about a 10th level spell or 
um, you know, have players hear about it. Uh, so when we were playing in our last campaign and you guys were at Candlekeep and uh, our warlock was doing some research and scribing down some spells and things from a book that he needed to uh, to give to uh, a fiend um, because of a uh, Gaius. Um, I had him like the, one of the things that he found was a 10th level spell. So he had to make a, uh, I think it was a wisdom saving throw maybe when he was scribing that down to not take a bucket of psychic damage, just because it's something that's so beyond the bounds of, you know, reality that how do you even put your mind or wrap your mind around something that is as powerful as a 10th level spell. When you have wish, which is literally an, reality altering spell at ninth level um what can be greater than that right so it's true yeah i think flavor wise i like the idea of 10th level spells um but i'm glad that they don't actually exist because that would be insane yeah that's fair i would agree with that for the most part would you say that the uh 10th level spell was (laughs) non-euclidean was it a hideous bar relief (laughs) <laughs> sorry uh yeah i mean he was a cthulhu warlock so that fits um, yeah uh Gius. how do you pronounce that i say geese i think geese and like geese geese yeah I, I don't know what the official thing is let's see if D beyond has it yeah i think i've heard every possible pronunciation of that spell and some that aren't possible as well <laughs> yes. so yeah i think to me that says it's whatever you want it to be yep but yeah and we'll actually talk about that later because it is on my list of non-combat spells um things that we'd like in that respect all right, yeah. There are some fun ones in there, too. Realities are being altered and stuff still. Even if nobody's... Yep, absolutely. Even if nobody's heads are exploding and they're not being banished to alternate dimensions and they're not uh, losing their spell slots <laughs> automatically. <laughs> <laughs> Eep. <laughs> but yeah, non-combat spells. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll we'll get into those next time. Um, but for now, thank you all for listening. Uh, it's been a blast talking to everybody. Uh, and we hope you have enjoyed the show. If you have, hit us up. Uh, we are uh, contactable uh, via social media. Twitter, we are at 19 hits the dragon, which is the number 19 hits the dragon, all one word, uh, and no underscores or anything like that. Um, you can also reach out to us. Uh, via email uh, at 19hitsthedragon at gmail.com. So contact us either way if you have comments or if we didn't mention your favorite combat spell, um, give us a shout and let us know what you would put on your list instead. For sure. And uh, this episode uh, was mixed by Mike's fiance, Hannah Miller. Hannah, I'm very sorry. I dropped several books on the floor during the recording of this episode that my mic <laughs> doubtlessly picked up. And I want to apologize in advance, but too late. Because if you've listened this far. <laughs> she's already heard yeah, it. Yeah, she's uh, already heard point. it. I'm very sorry, <laughs> Hannah. My bad. I'll try and be better. And uh, also thanks to Paul Mackey for writing our theme song.
which is great. And uh, remember to like, yeah. comment, and subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. Yes, yes. Please do uh, leave uh, a review or a rating or, you know, whatever you can, wherever you get your podcast uh, always helps us and lets us know that uh, or lets us know if people do actually like what we're putting out here. So, um, yeah. Uh, other than that, we'll see you next week when we talk about our non-combat specific spells on 19 Hits the Dragon. All right. Peace out. Bye-bye. Thank you.